0: Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and I just got done watching the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry documentary, or, or whatever you want to call it, on um, Netflix. Um... And actually it actually was pretty good. It was actually pretty good. And... It was pretty honest and forthright, and I think, you know, they've cleared up a lot of things of what was going on, what was being said in the press, versus what was really happening, and, you know, sort of how that whole press monster works, but also, you know, how family works, whether you are a family in the monarchy, or you are a family you know, uh, just a normal, everyday family, working class family, uh, all over the world. There are dynamics within a family that, um, come out and I've been through that myself. Uh, so unfortunately, you know, when you're in a royal family where the whole world's watching, and they're expecting you to be a certain way and act a certain way. And, you know, they're expecting you to be the goldfish in the fishbowl that they can look at or, or the or the animal in the aquarium, you know, at the uh, zoo. Or, you know, that's basically, you know, these people are people at the zoo that they're coming to watch and they expect there's animals to react in a certain way. They expect to see them in a certain light. People have their preconceived notions about what should be happening with said animals. (laughs) I think that that's kind of what being in the monarchy or even being in the public eye at any level from being a musician to an actor to an artist to a politician to a public servant you know anyone you know all the way down to for the company you work for in the small companies you know what those people expect whoever is in those leadership positions which the royal family is in a leadership position and the royal royal family in any country that still has a monarchy which I find the monarchy sort of archaic and I really don't think we should have it anymore but you know what keeps being brought up uh in England is that it brings in so much tourism and so much money and probably also in these other countries but I you know I just think they should end it. <laughs> I don't think that there's any value, but you know, they're saying that the tourism of, you know, people who are looking into that, you know, that fishbowl that they're in is what brings people over there. And that's it's kind of sad, kind of sad that, you know, tourism is uh, the rest of the world wanting to look into that fishbowl, to look into that zoo cage at these people and having certain expectations of them. So, but I, I think every family unit, every business unit, every, you know, it's so it's basic sociology. We all expect certain things from certain people. And I've been through that, you know, myself, uh, as I was watching the show, um, and I did watch all of them over a succession of a few days. As I was watching the show, I... I, I kind of related to a lot of what they were going through. You know, I... Um, you know, I had a, a very gregarious father who lived sort of a public life. Uh, sang, sang, like to sing, sing in bands. Like to be out there. Like to be... You know... I think he would have loved to have been an actor or a singer uh, in his lifetime, but didn't have those opportunities, or he didn't pursue those opportunities um, because of the people we're controlling and family dynamics. But I think we all see the same dynamics in all of our families. But, you know, I've also been, my career choices have been more in the public eye or public service, or, you know, where you're noticed a little bit more. Um, I've sung in choirs, I've been in bands, I've, you know, done TV, I've done movies, and there's a certain, um, there's a certain expectation that's put on you and then there's also a certain level of envy and jealousy that comes at you from every angle because you are doing those things and you know even though you may not have hurt anyone to get there you just tried your hardest to get where you're at um people are angry that you get to do those things and they don't people are angry that you're getting the attention that they don't Or even if you get into a certain dynamic in a friend group or a family unit, you know, people get angry at the attention that you're getting that they're not the number one that when, you know, uh, I've, I think I've talked about this in the past with women. um, You know, there's certain women that are used to, you know, walking into the room and being the woman who gets the most attention. Well, then if you come along and you walk into the room and you're getting more attention because not only are you attractive, but you're also engaging, but you are one of those kind of women who doesn't see that about herself, then you're gonna be a lot more alluring to people because you're more, you know, someone that they can relate to. You're more someone that they can talk to. You're not conceited, whatever. I've seen that happen in my own life where these, you know, I get it, we get into friend groups or we get into uh, uh, work groups, and I, who I have never felt myself as being particularly drop dead gorgeous or anything, I've never thought I was ugly, but um, I come into the situation, and all these women start to hate on me because they're not getting the attention that they used to get because I'm just being myself (laughs) and people like that. And I'm not conceited and, and, you know, I've had guys look at me and say that you don't really know how beautiful you are. Do you? So then I get that kind of, you know, negative, negative flow back from women like that in a group I've been, you know, I, I could see a lot of similarities in watching what was happening within the royal family and how all those levels of dynamics play out in the power play and also in wanting to get the most attention or who they feel should have the most attention. And when somebody else starts getting more attention, how they feel that that person shouldn't have that attention at all. And I could see that playing out in the, um, Dynamics as they went along. And, you know, of course, they make that very clear that, you know, um, they want, of course, when the Queen was alive, they wanted the Queen to be the most notable. And then the next step down would be um, Prince, her son. And then the next step down would be, of course, Harry's brother, William. And... There are tabloids that they play this game with, apparently, over there. You know, each person has a press team. And um, when those top echelon people, like the queen or the, um, the queen's son, the prince, or, you know, um, his, his two boys, Harry or William, when they weren't getting the top people, weren't getting the attention... They actually would have press teams that would find sort of a fall guy or a fall person amidst the royal family to make them look bad. Make that person look bad or to create some sort of scandal with that person so that the negative headlines, the negative attention that these papers need to sell, which most of them are rags. Uh, We're talking the Sun, the Daily Mail, those kind of papers. There's like six of them in in England. They need a fall person or they need negative uh, feedback from the royal family. They need negative stories. They need, you know, screwed up stories, affairs and behind the scenes. And this is the kind of dirt they're looking for. So they, then the Royal family press people would provide that for them. They would leak things to them so that they in turn would agree not to say anything negative about the upper echelon monarchy. Like for instance, I, I know for years, we've heard stories of how Charles, Prince Charles, um, has had so many affairs. Like, not just with Camilla. You know, he's had affairs with... You know, when he was running around with Camilla, he had affairs on with her, with her. When he got married to Diana, he was with Camilla, but he was also having other affairs. So apparently there's a string of affairs. And of course, there's a lot of women that will have an affair. I mean, I know you look at Charles and you think, who would have an affair with him? But I, there's a lot of women that think they might get an in or might, you know, get marriage out of this or be part of the royal family or, or just whatever pluck, um, pluses that they get out of this or perks they get out of just being around the royal family. Um, so they'll have affairs with these people. And, uh, so, you know, they were showing all of the affairs that he's had, but those have been hushed, hushed, hush, hushed over the years. You know, of course, when he was single, he could say he was dating people when really he was just using people, you know, and screwing around with people. But again, those were the stories that got thrown to the press so that the focus was taken off of the upper echelon, which was his mother and um, the queen and his um, father, who again, we've heard he's had affairs over the years. So, you know, there's just a lot of hush hush going on with the upper echelon people. But that was kind of what they pointed out was Megan, and they they pointed it out really well, which, I mean, if you really have been watching over the years what's happened to Megan, you pretty much know. They have used her as a whipping post and they've used her as a fall guy. And before Megan came along, they used Harry the whipping post in the fall guy you know all of all he's out in vegas and he was caught naked or he was you know out drinking because they didn't want bad stories coming out about william they used harry as a fall guy and what it seemed like to me is that harry put up with it harry put up with it or he might even have been sort of indoctrinated into the abuse of it uh, uh, because I see you know what happened as abuse it's what's happening to all of them as abuse um, from the country itself you know to, to uh, feel that these people have to be perfect but but they they had to find some sort of a, a fall guy or some sort of a negative person that they could throw at the press and this is something that you, you learn in sociology you know There there are certain, if you're in a group, like if you're in a high school, that's kind of a a little society within a society, the high school is. And the same sociological things that happen out in the real world are going to play out within that high school because you're there, you know, every single day, eight to ten hours a day, depending on uh, if you do after school things. So people start to choose people who's going to be the popular person, who's going to be the sports person, who's going to be the whipping post, who's going to be the person that's going to be the fall person for everyone else's mess ups, who's going to be the unpopular person. I mean, there's certain, you know, I've taken sociology and they show that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, there are certain, I can't remember it was seven to 10 roles that that group is going to choose for somebody to be. And it happens no matter what group you're in, what society you're in, those, those 10 roles come out. You know, the popular person, the famous person, the, the, the geek, the smart person, the person who does the work. Who you know, There's all these different levels of things that play out no matter where you're at. So that's kind of what's happening within the royal family. So when Megan and Harry decided to go against the normal mores or normal setup and be told what to do, be controlled within that fishbowl that is the monarchy, when they wanted to do things a little bit different, or they wanted to do things a little bit their way, or they wanted to have some sort of freedom, it's almost like... The It's almost like the people within that construct, within that institution, were like, well, we've had to do this. We've had to put up with all this stuff. We haven't been able to do it our way. We haven't been able to change things. Why should you? Why should you get to change things? Why should you get to do it your way? And when they did do it their way then they turned around and punished them because we never got to do that. You see what I'm saying? You know, I, it, it's, it, it, that's, I've seen it happen over and over again throughout different you know, workplaces, schools, friend groups that I've been in. You know, hey, this is the way it happens. This is the way it is. You may not like it. It may even be abusive and intrusive and controlling, but you know, we all put up with it. So now you're going to have to, I mean, a perfect example of that is hazing. You know, hazing wasn't even a thing until after, I think they said after the, if it was the Korean, the Korean war or the Vietnam war. But what happened is military people were coming back <coughs> from overseas and they would got the GI bill and they could go to college. So here you have these older men Uh, coming into fraternities and, you know, they've already served in the military anywhere for four to eight years and now they're coming into these fraternities and they've been in the Marines or the Army and they've had these strict screwed-up rules. I mean, I think the military is like the screwed-up of all because they break you down and they build you up so that they can control you. So that you will do what they say, when they say it, how they say it, You know, you'll just run into a battle and get yourself killed because they said so. And that's what they need you to be. So these guys come home from being in a war, messed up, and then they get into college and they're trying to get into these, um, what do you call it, Uh, fraternities. And then so they take hazing into the negative side of what happened to them in the military so they said that hazing wasn't even a part uh, of you know the initiations weren't hazing back in the day they would just do your simple initiations you know nothing brutal uh, for people to get into these fraternities and sororities but uh, as soon as these military guys got involved now we've got people today and who and over the years who have died from being hazed in a college uh, fraternity or sorority And there's people dying every year. You see a kid that's died because of some hazing, some alcohol poisoning, or, or they were beat so much that they had brain hemorrhages or whatever. So, you know, that's what happens when, you know, uh, controlling abusive standards start getting set. And, you know, the thing I heard, I watched a a documentary about, you know, why is hazing continuing? This is awful. Let's just get rid of it. And, you know, over and over, what these people kept saying is, well, I just figured since, you know, I put up with it, I went through it, I had to do it. Why should they get off the hook? The new, the new pledge is coming in. Why shouldn't I do the same thing to them or even worse? Why should they get off the hook when I had to put up with it? That's like being in an abusive cycle of a family, the cycle of abuse that just continues and continues from year to year to year. That would be like me saying, oh, I was abused, so you know what? I'm going to abuse my kid because I went through it, so now I'm going to abuse my kid, which I think that's why the cycle of abuse continues. I think a lot of parents, a lot of people who grow up in abuse and become parents think, well, you know, I got beat to death, so you're going to get the same thing, you know, and look how I turned out, you know, I'm great, you know, when really they're screwed up that they think they should be beating their children, right? So it's the same sort of cycle of abuse going on within this institution called the monarchy. You know, they've put up with all of these invasive things from the outside world being that goldfish in the, in the fishbowl that, you know, has to jump when people want them to jump, has to do what they want to do, and even has to give, you know, some sort of negative um, news to be put out there in these papers so, so that these papers can make money. And that's basically what's happened to Harry and Meghan. And they just said, you know what? We're done. We're done. I mean, they were ripping Meghan apart. And you'd, like I said, you'd have to be blind to have not seen the, you know, they're going after her race. They're going after her color. They're going after the fact that she's a feminist and she's a strong woman and that she's trying to empower women and trying to pa- empower people of color and trying to p- empower poor people. You know, they don't want that. They don't want that because they're afraid of that backlash of people who are going to step forward and say, hey, listen, we don't want to support the monarchy anymore. We don't want you anymore. We, You need to go away because this is a controlling, abusive institution that is... Uh, really exist off the backs of poor people and people of color and women who have labored all their lives and thrown tax money or, you know, even slave money at this monarchy that wouldn't exist without that money. And even now, the people of that country, I I talked to a guy once and I say, how much of your money goes towards these taxes? And I think he said it was like 40%, 30 to 40%, it might even be more, goes towards the queen. Well, no wonder the queen and the monarchy have so much money. You know, they're taking it all from their subjects. And then what did they do with that? And people say, oh, well, they we have all these great organizations and charities and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? What they should have taken done is taken all the money that they've gotten up to this point, invested it well, like, every other person on the uh, successful person or successful family on the face of the planet has done and keep investing it well in other things. And then the people shouldn't have to be paying those taxes to the monarchy. They should just be paying it for, you know, the same sort of taxes we pay here to, you know, take care of the roads and take care of the schooling and blah, blah, blah. So, but I, you know, I, I do find it ironic That Megan and Harry, Harry and Megan, in order for them to finally become free from all of that craziness, from all that family abuse, from the monarchy, from the press, chasing them around, which, you know, they're they basically were getting chased around just like Diana was. And it was funny how they, you know, juxtaposed what happened to Diana to what was happening to them. It was it was eerie. But of course, that probably happens to everyone in the rural family that, you know, doesn't want to go along with it all. But um, I find it ironic that, you know, in order to become free, people in England left the UK or let's just say not England, but they left Scotland, Ireland, UK, and left, you know, they left the UK to come to America to get away from the monarchy there. And it's sort of a juxtaposition to see that Meghan and Harry had to leave. They couldn't move to Canada. They couldn't stay in the UK. They couldn't even move to any of the um, uh, uh, provinces around the world that the UK is over. Uh, The Commonwealth. They couldn't even go to any of those areas because the the monarchy, the people, the family within the monarchy would tip off the press and tell them where they were. And they, within a few days, they'd find them and they'd be hounding them again. The only place they could come to get away from it all was America. To get their freedom from the craziness that they were going through, they had to come to America. I don't think that's even a coincidence. I think that You know, that's why I say the monarchy shouldn't exist anymore. That's why I say, you know, you know, I talk to people in the UK and they say, oh, well, you think that, you know, it's just like a monarchy like it used to be. And it's not. We have a government. We have the parliament, blah, blah, blah. But you're still living in the archaic dark ages if the people within that monarchy, in order to escape the press, have to come to America to get to finally find freedom. And finally not be, you know, harped on by, um, you know, horrible things and have horrible things said about them. But it's just so crazy how they really, they did a really good job of showing how the monarchy, how that whole institution plays those family, those sick family games. Because the upper echelon has to look better than the lower echelon. And if you don't play along, you're not part of the, the, the royal family anymore. You get kicked out. And, um, and then also, because Meghan and Harry leaving the monarchy was such an embarrassment for them, that the reason they're leaking all of this stuff to these crazy rags and papers over there is because they're trying to abusively try to get them to come back into the fold. You know, they take away their security, they they tell these rags within a few days, if they move from one place to another, they'll tell them where they are. Because they're trying to abuse them by taking away money, taking away security, and taking away their freedom of any kind by sending the the papers after them to harp you know, to just to just harass them unbelievably because they want them to turn around and say okay okay we'll come back we'll come back just just get them off of us just give us the security get this get get the press off our backs okay we'll come back and that's really what all of this has been about i mean wow they did a really good job of showing that. And like I said, we all knew that they were um, uh, falsely accusing Megan of things that she didn't do that she didn't say. We all knew they were spinning this wheel of lies, but we thought it was just the papers, the six papers who are the top papers in UK who needed the stories, who needed to make the money because everybody, just like on social media, everybody reads those papers because they have negativity all, all up and under them, you know? Because people need to read that these rich monarchy people are just as miserable as everyone else or just as screwed up as all, all of us, which is true. The same sort of dynamics play out in, uh, you know, all over the world and all kinds of families. But it's because these negative... Um, Things like social media and the papers and gossip magazines and whatever, TV shows, whatever. Um, they make money off of all that negativity and then that becomes sort of the norm. So then people are looking at the monarchy and they're becoming like the monarchy and they're playing out those same sort of mores in their own family because their example is is the monarchies or their example is the movie stars or the rich people. Or so it's kind of screwing up society. These rags screw up society because then people think that that's the way these rich people are living. So then they almost indoctrinate that into their own lives and start doing the same things within their families and being the same craziness within their families. That's why I think all of these, um, reality shows like the jersey shore and housewives where you see people you know in the jersey shore you saw guys beating up girls and all these crazy stuff going on i watched it one time for 15 minutes and in that 15 minutes i watched someone beat up snooki in a bar and i was like i am out if this is what this show is about (laughs) same thing with the real housewives you know tipping tables and being crazy and, you know, uh, it's, it's expected because that's what makes people watch, which is sad. But I think those have affected society as well. I think people watch those real reality shows and they think this is what you're supposed to be like. And they sort of, they sort of almost do it in their own lives because they saw it on a reality show. It's kind of sick. But it seems like that's what we're seeing with these rags over there. They're creating this this reality that's not a reality. It's all lies. And then people think that that's the way their life should be. All right. I'm coming to the end of my first 30 minutes. I'm going to do a second portion to this because there's a lot to unpack here. So (laughs) uh, this is Diva Celebration. This is podcast one. About Harry and Meghan, we'll make another podcast. Podcast too, that'll be right after this one. Hi, this is Diva Celebration, back with the second half of the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry Netflix documentary sort of opinion, I guess, of, um, what, what it was and, and, uh, just sort of my opinion on what happened, but, you know, we were talking about how, um, these rags, these newspaper rags and shows, TV shows, reality shows, um, social media, you know, people see, these events that happen on these shows which you know we all know that these reality shows are scripted we all know that you know if you see any negativity on social media that's probably some crazy person who doesn't have a life posting it most of the time and we all know that these rags are posting negative things to get more people to buy the papers you know people like pierce morgan who you know, I don't. I don't know that I've heard anything positive come out of his mouth. You know, those kind of reporters that you know—they're they make their living and they make a very good living, whether it be in the rags of the six papers in the UK, whether it be social media, whether it be these reporters on air, whether it be these reality shows—they know. What makes people turn tune in is negative stuff so that they can feel people can feel better about their own lives because, oh, look, everybody else has it worse than me. And I actually had a guy tell me one time, you know, successful guy, beautiful wife. What would he have to want to be negative about? you know? And he said that he watched Jerry Springer, because he liked watching, and he was, a, he was an African-American man, because he liked watching white people fight and do things just like, you know, just like he, he'd watched people in his own life, African-American people do his whole life. And he was married to an, uh, uh, a Caucasian woman. And I just thought, wow, like that's kind of twisted and sick. You know, you're an African-American man watching white people laughing at them because they're, you know, from poor families and have all these problems because they're growing up in poverty. Because it's funny to see white people doing the same thing that you've seen black people in your life do your whole life because you feel like it's unfair or that people have done this. And then you're married to a Caucasian woman. It's just like this whole twi- twisted thing. I thought, wow, that's twisted. You know, <laughs> That's t- <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I just, I didn't say anything. I was just like, oh, and just kind of let it go. But I think that that's the kind of twisted thinking that makes people watch this kind of stuff. You know, I would have never thought Was an intelligent man who has a very successful career at a a, a huge corporation, making great money, and he had turned his life around from being, once being a drug dealer when he was younger and an addict, to being, you know, someone successful in his life and in a lot of areas. And he wants to watch negativity about white people, because he thinks it's funny. And I thought that's so twisted. That's so twisted. But these are the kind of people that are making those kind of shows popular. You know, like I said, the reality series. And they're the kind of people that read these rags. That write these lies about (laughs) Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, whoever. You know? And nine times out of ten... When you see those, you know, rags sitting in the grocery line, like, you glance at it and you read some of those stories and you go, oh, come on. You know, these stories cannot be true. And they're so far-fetched or they're so out in left field, you know, uh, I, you know they can't be true. And even if they are, is it really any of my business? Because a lot of this stuff is personal things. That they're saying about people is it really any of my business if someone's an alcoholic and has a drug problem is it really any of my business if someone had an affair with somebody else is it really any of my business if someone's getting divorced no it's none of my business i'm not the person who likes to look at the fish in the fishbowl i'm not really into that but as i've mentioned in the last podcast i've had a lot of that done to me over my life and I I almost feel like, and like I said, because I've been in entertainment, I've been I've been a singer, I've been, you know, from the time I was in elementary school, you know, I have been up in front of people because that's my personality. And my choir teachers saw that I had a, a good singing voice and they put me up front. You know, I got put into plays. I got given solos at a very young age. I you know, I I was capable of doing it, not being nervous and doing it well. So I, you know, I had that confidence about me. And because of that, I've sort of been a target my whole life. And it's not even funny. There's just something, you know, I've always liked to dance. You know, I took dance lessons when I was younger. And of course I did well in those and the dance teacher, you know, wanted me to move on to higher dance classes. And, um, and you know, I, yeah, I, I've been in plays and, you know, been given those parts. And I was always encouraged to perform. I was always encouraged to play instruments and sing. And and because I was given that attention, I can even remember people saying I was the teacher's pet in every choir that I was in. Or I was the teacher's pet because I got great grades in in each class that I was in. And it's like, no, I'm not the teacher's pet. I'm just easy for that teacher <laughs> because I'm, you know, they get, and also they get to feel good that they're actually teaching well because I get it and I get good grades. Now if I'm the only one in the class that gets good grades, then they're a lousy teacher, you know, but uh, you know, it, it, it's sort of a, 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 a it's it's them knowing that they're doing they're heading in the right direction with their teaching when people are doing well anyway and why am i a teacher's pet because i sing better than you so you know when somebody when a part needs to be sung the teacher would ask me to sing it because i knew the part and it wasn't because i was trying to you know be a teacher's pet it was just I stood there, I listened, I didn't talk during, during choir or during class. And that's why I knew what I was doing. So over time, because I was an attentive student, because I was an attentive person, and because I had some talent and some intelligence, and you know, I graduated in the top 5% of my class, that sort of thing. I get derision. I get jealousy. I get envy thrown at me. I can remember being in junior high and these girls in gym class just started attack, like verbally attacking me. And I was sitting there like I was sitting there with three or four of my friends who were behind me. And I was just kind of sitting on the bench, gym benches, and we were waiting to do something in gym. I can't even remember what it was. And these four girls come over and they, you know, they were like cheerleader, rhythmic, you know, that type of. And they just started attacking me and saying that I had said something about somebody and what, which I hadn't said this thing. And, you know, they just started attacking me out of the blue. And I'm just sitting there going, what is going on? Why are these people doing this to me? Only to find out probably weeks later, you know, I'm kind of realizing maybe in the moment that there were all of these girls were jealous of me, envious of me because I happened to get something, a solo or a part in a play or, or something that they wanted and that they competed it with me against. And they didn't get because I was the one who got it. Right? So I think at that time in junior high, it might've been um, parts and plays, because every year my, my choir teacher would put me in the musical. So, you know, I've been getting that sort of derision my whole life and it's continued like you know it's continued at my church at all the churches that I've been at you know I've had um, uh, music directors wives that have tried to keep me off of singing on uh, singing in the smaller choirs that would you know that were kind of picked out of the choir that you know or singing with the band Um, and I've had the music director who you know, who wanted me to be part, do solos and be part of the smaller singing group, I've had his wife literally try to keep me from doing that. (laughs) And, you know, kind of creating these situations to keep me out of those positions because it bothered her so much that he thought so much of me. Also, because if I start singing and the public hears me sing, then they're not going to want her to have as many solos and they're not going to want her to sing as much. And they're going to want to hear me more, which that's happened at a couple of churches that I've been at. The pastor just kept asking me to sing or the music director kept asking me to sing the solos and other people didn't get to sing them anymore because, well, frankly, they weren't that great. You know, they just happened to be giving a lot of money to the church. And so they let them sing, you know, to sort of, you know, codify them. But I've had that sort of derision. Um, I was mentioning earlier, you know, walking into a room and all of a sudden that girl that's used to getting all the attention doesn't get it anymore. You know, and I'm getting some of that attention and she's upset because she's not the one getting all the attention. You know, I've been in rooms where a girl got all the attention and it didn't bother me. You know, I mean... I never put the fact that someone's paying attention to someone else on something that's wrong with me or that I've lost something because they're paying attention to the other person. It's probably because I didn't give them what they wanted. <laughs> and so that's why they're paying their attention. So the same sort of thing, that sort of dynamic that we all go through, that we all experience, it's kind of what Harry and Megan we're experiencing within the monarchy here she he finds megan who is a movie star who is a you know a tv star um in hollywood has this great series it's well known but also she's also had you know been a activist in her past from the time she was a little girl until she met him she's been an activist. And so once she gets, once they get married and once they get out there and they start meeting the public, they're well-loved. In fact, they're getting more attention than the royal family, the upper echelon of the royal family is getting. Sound familiar? If anybody remembers Diana, (laughs) that became a real problem with Princess Diana, that she was so well-loved. Well, she was this young, beautiful girl who was very appealing and very engaging with everyone. I mean, this is a woman who to show that AIDS wasn't contagious, she went to hospitals where AIDS patients were and she held their hand and she hugged them and she kissed them to show, no, you cannot get AIDS by touching someone who has it. AIDS is passed sexually that's how you get AIDS AIDS is, pa- AIDS is passed if you have a cut and the other person has a cut and some, for some reason your blood commingles or whatever but it has to be within a cl- an enclosed area like if you're having anal sex which both male and female uh, people do so you know she tried to point that out so this is a woman who did, you know, who walked through minefields that were active minefields to bring, uh, um, uh, you know, attention to that. This is a woman who went to, you know, the Commonwealth countries in Africa and, and New Zealand and all around the world and went to the poor Poor areas to show what really needed to be done for those people, what the Commonwealth needed the most. Not to the rich areas, not to the ritzy people, not to the glamorous people. She was trying to make a difference. And guess what? Because 99% of the people in the Commonwealth are middle class or lower, you know, there's only like maybe a 1% that are in that wealthy portion she was very popular she was very well loved and so to sell the rags of those six papers they would need to put diana on the front page to be able to sell that paper because that's what all the people who were buying those papers wanted to see they wanted to see diana and the good she was doing and the and the things that she was changing and the and the and the great you know the great changes she was making in that country or trying to make at least well <laughs> the upper echelon royal family didn't want her on the front page they wanted to be on the front page of those mags so what did they do they started creating stories to make her look bad creating lies you know, and bringing out, you know, all she might be having an affair with this person or that person. And they started attacking her. Those rags started attacking her on the queue of the upper echelon press from the um, monarchy because they needed to make her look bad so that they could look better. Because with that kind of coverage, with that kind of love from the people, With that kind of caring from the people, as anybody knows, for maybe someone in the monarchy or someone in politics, which, you know, there was a, they kind of delve in both, whether they admit it or not, comes power, you know, and that's the way they see it. I don't think it's the way that Diana saw it. Diana saw it as if she got more attention on these issues, then she could help them to help themselves, and maybe get some things solved that needed to be solved, or had needed to be solved for a long time. Also, something that was not mentioned in the documentary, which I think they should have mentioned, which I think they should have brought out, but maybe you know the, there's a fear to do this because these are the kind of people that might <laughs> threaten your life, or, or you know, who knows. They did not mention the fact that the monarchy plays to the wealthy, just like the politicians all over the world play to the wealthy, you know, because they want that power, they want that, that. Uh, being able to make that decision. The wealthy people of the world, that that's... You, you. I always say, do you wonder why somebody who is so wealthy, who's a millionaire, who's a billionaire, who's a trillionaire, why do they keep trying to make more and more money? Well, because with more and more money comes more and more power. And once you've reached the epitome of making money or you've reached those goals of being wealthy... And you really don't need anything else. The next step to reach for you is to be the most powerful person on the planet. So we also have to think about that dynamic. That the royal family is playing to those people. Because, you know, that's where they get their money, That's where, you know, maybe when things go down, they can rely on wealthier people to kind of bail them out. Any reasons that they might have or political power that they might have to be able to say, like the queen, to be able to go to those people and really push her, maybe her narrative or her opinion or, you know, Prince Charles now to do the same. Where there is money, there is power. So I think that that's something that they maybe should have mentioned more in this documentary, but again, they might've been afraid to. So I think that that's another reason that these upper echelon monarchs want their paper on the front or want their pictures on the front of the um, these newspapers because If they are getting the attention, if they are getting the love of the people, then they can go to these powerful people and say, well, I have power. I can say this, I can do that, and the people will follow. And I can ruin you. I can ruin your business. I can, you know, you'll lose all that money if I say one thing, if I go this way or that way, right? So... That, you know, they want that, that they want the levels of the power to be distinguished because they want to be the person who has that kind of power. So that's just another level to, um, why they would, you know, (laughs) try to cut down Diana because she was gaining more power as they saw it. She may not have seen it that way she saw it as being able to change the world for better right like many of us would but we naively like i naively didn't see when the people were attacking me at school when the people were attacking me in the choir i was clueless as to why these people were doing what they were doing i mean i was younger then i didn't think that way you know the only thing i knew is that i was being asked to do things and I was excited that I was getting that opportunity. You know, I didn't see in any way that I was taking that opportunity away from anybody else, but other people see that you're taking that opportunity away from them. So Diana, Harry, and Megan probably didn't see that as being a problem. In fact, from what I saw in this documentary, Harry and Megan saw her as being. Someone that could have helped the royal family greatly, being that she is a woman of color and that she is a woman who speaks, you know, who is out there speaking for other women to bring equality and to bring um, awareness to women and the issues that they deal with all around the world and all through their commonwealth. I mean, much of their commonwealth is people of color. or indigenous people or women, largely women. So what Harry being a supporter of his wife, a vehement supporter of her, instead of like Prince Charles, who was jealous of Diana and the attention she was getting, because then she would have more power than him. And of course, you know, that dynamic back then, male, female, he wanted to be the one in power. He was older, etc. But in, in Harry and, Uh, Megan's relationship, he's very supportive of Megan being that strong woman, being that independent woman, that's the woman he fell in love with, that's the person he fell in love with, they have similar interest in trying to help these indigenous cultures, these people of color, these women, the poor they have similar interest, He, he had done that for years, while he was in the military and in his charity work on the side that he was doing so they both have the same heart when it comes to the people and that was the point he brought up you know they've really they really kicked themselves in the butt they really stomped on their own foot the monarchy did by trashing megan and pushing her trying to push her into submission into control rather than taking what she was doing with these causes and magnifying that to make the monarchy look better. to And also, to actually help people. But, then we can go back to, do they actually want to help these people? Because, the wealthy people, if you help poor people, then people are going to expect more pay they're going to expect higher wages they're going to expect better treatment they're going to expect you know better health care they're going to expect all it, which costs money which then makes the very powerful people who have all the money who actually want to become more powerful by making more money the only way that they can do that is to take advantage of the 99 percent of the people who work out there not pay you enough work you over time work you too much Make you work three jobs rather than two or one. I mean, I I look at ads now in the paper and in the one ads, they expect these kids that are coming out of college to do four jobs. You know, because why? Because they can get them to do it. They can get them to do it. Because When these kids are interns and they're interning at these companies, they will do anything to get noticed and they'll work themselves to the bone. So then once they get hired on, they're expected to keep doing the same thing for that little bit of pay. And since it's worked for those companies, now that's how they hire people. I look at some of these ads and I think, oh my God, there's no way you're going to pay me $40 an hour, not 10, to do all four of these jobs. I went to an interview one time and, uh, you know, I told the guy how I ran a company and I had done all this stuff and he said, well, I'm going to fire the other two guys and hire you on and just have you do all three of those jobs. And I said, but here's the difference. See, that was my company. I was going to reap the benefits and the profits from that company. I won't reap the profits from you. And if you're only going to pay me, you know, a little bit an hour, to do three jobs guess what times three maybe even times four you're gonna pay me well I never heard from him because I expected to be paid what I was I deserved. he didn't call me back in fact I think he told me I was going through an employment agency at the time I think he told the lady who was my recruiter who was going out and finding the jobs for me that was disrespectful or some lot like that. I'm like, no, I just told him that he, if he said he was going to fire two other people and make me do three jobs and he was going to pay me three times the salary. (laughs) I said, if that's disrespectful after what he said to me, which I thought that was disrespectful, I'm going to fire the other guys. But that's exactly what these companies don't want. This is exactly what these wealthy people don't want. They don't want you to help poor they don't want megan and harry to make women more equal they don't want they that because in doing that in bolstering the lower class to the middle class whatever then those people are going to expect to be treated well all the time and that costs money doesn't it treating people well costs money in fact there shouldn't be any millionaires there shouldn't be any billionaires shouldn't be any trillionaires because if they were treating people fairly giving them not only good wages health benefits and retirement but they also should be profit sharing all the profits with everyone within that company because without the people who work at your company you are nothing you are nothing so i think that's another reason that they were trying to squelch diana Another reason they were trying to squelch Megan and Harry is that they were shaking up the boat. They were, you know, rocking that boat around to where the powers that be didn't like it. And many of the powers that be own those newspapers that are trashing Megan, that are making her look bad. And they don't want someone of color to be held up because then they can't control people anymore the way that they want to. I mean, come on. We all know it's true. It's just how this society has worked for so long. And that's what we're fighting so hard for. To have equality for all ethnicities. To have equality for women. To have equality for the LGBTQ plus community. To have equality for everyone. So that everyone Lives well, everyone is taken care of well by their countries, and the more that that would happen, the less wars we would have, the less competitions there would be that were brutal, and the less of this kind of stuff that would happen that has happened to Meghan and Harry and that has happened to Diana. I mean, Diana died because the press was chasing after her, trying to trash her, trying to make her look bad after she divorced Charles. And I remember when I heard of it, I remember when I heard about it, and the first thing that came into my mind was she was murdered. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, they got rid of her because she was making them look bad. And the sad thing is watching this documentary only sort of backs that up even a little bit more because they're playing with the press, they're making trading off... Whether, you know, there's good or bad stories told about each person in the monarchy, it just brings it out even more. So they've really exposed the monarchy for exactly what I've always thought was happening and what we've all thought was happening. Nothing new here, but it's kind of nice to know that what your intuition is, is right and my intuition was that with the monarchy and you know it's sad that it's taking a toll on diana it's sad that it's taken a toll on other people in the royal family not just in the uk but around the world and it's sad that it's taking a toll on their subjects because of that dynamic of power that dynamic of control that abusive family dynamic that many families go through yet still in the monarchy basic sociology it's sad it's sad it's textbook sociology textbook family dynamics and abuse it's the cycle of abuse from generation to generation and there you have it watch the series and see what you think let me know let me know if you agree this has been Diva Cerebration until next time